Welcome to Online Chapel at Washita. Receding is not a sign, and attendance will not be taken. And now would you give a warm Washita welcome to our host, James Taylor. On this week's podcast, we're going to hear from two people in the Washita community. First, we're going to talk with Sue Schultz, who teaches in the Huckabee School of Education and is our Director of Student Teaching. And second, we'll visit with Wesley Cluck, the Vice President of Student Development and our University Physician. To get us started, I want to welcome Sue Schultz. Sue, thanks for taking time to be a guest in chapel. Thanks. I really appreciate this opportunity to share this morning. Well, many of our listeners may know you if they're education majors here at Washita, but some may not. And I know that you have over 30 years experience teaching uh, here in central Arkansas. Could you share a little bit about your education background, where you've served? Sure. Prior to coming to Washita, I was in public education for 31 years, and uh, I was in the Benton school system and primarily spent most of my time, if not all of my time, with middle-level learners. I was a middle school teacher and then middle school principal for 30 years. Great. Um, I know for middle school, many people uh, look back at that time with a sense of maybe awkwardness or they're they're glad that they made it through that time. But it's great to hear about you serving there uh, with that age range for those middle level learners for 30 over 30 years. Uh, What were some things that that kept you around? What did you love about working with with kids that age? Well, I tell you, middle school every day is an adventure. You never know what is going to about to happen next. Uh, we would constantly be amazed at the different things the students would do or say, and it was just exciting. I, I had opportunities maybe to go to different levels if I had chosen to uh, apply for a different level, but I just loved middle schoolers and wanted to stay with them. They're so energetic and exciting. Um, they are awkward and insecure and they just need to fit and belong and they need love. And you also feel like at that level, uh, you have an opportunity to help them get on the right track. When they get to junior high, high school, they're many times going to take one path or another. And so middle school was a a great place to kind of help them be grounded and get on the correct um, track for their education and for their life. Really. Mm. Well, I know that we had uh, we had you on the schedule to share in chapel in our normal chapel program here at Washita that you were going to be sharing uh, in early April, and then the pandemic hit, and uh, our our classes stopped meeting in person. Of course, then chapel will no longer happen in person, and so I'm glad that we're able to maybe continue the conversation that you were hoping to share. I know that you had thought a lot about a message to share with our students in chapel and had, had even connected it to this idea of, of your time in middle school and of, of times where we're in the middle because some of those characteristics that you even mentioned for middle school students, that what they deal with, that, that we also continue to deal with those and especially in our current situation. Um, what were some of the, the things that, that you were planning to share in chapel at Washita? Well, I really had wanted the students to reflect upon middle school to try to remember how they felt during those times. And um, again, so often the the feelings of insecurity, uh, needing to belong, to fit somewhere. So many days they felt isolated or awkward or frightened or confused. And the more I thought about, reflected upon my time in middle school, I began to realize that All of us at 
many points in our lives still find ourselves in the middle because we still have those feelings. Our our middle school looks this looks a little uh, differently now, and we could find ourselves in the middle of a very difficult semester academically or uh, in the middle of making a very important life decision. Perhaps your family's in the middle of a crisis or perhaps perhaps there's financial difficulties. We have times when we are in the middle of an unexpected illness and even in the middle of a breakup. And so as uh, college students, as adults my age, as 12-year-olds, we're in the middle. Mm. And now, especially, we're in the middle of a coronavirus yeah, uh, sounds- epidemic, uh, pandemic. And so... I would say we're in the middle right now. It does. It sounds like, you know, your message was something that is especially relevant now as our students and faculty and staff are all in the middle of a transition. And I'll say we're recording this on March 27th. It may air uh, on the podcast in a couple weeks. And so we don't even know what we're walking into. And we're in the middle of a transition uh, that nobody uh, really expected. Sometimes I wonder if uh, as adults, you know, we we move on from that middle school time of maybe some of that awkwardness, but maybe we get we get better at masking it. But some of those feelings are still there, kind of at, at the root of who we are. Absolutely. Uh, as as I was preparing for chapel and thinking about different people in the, in the middle, I, I as I've read scripture and studied through the past few months. In preparing for chapel, I, I continue to find people in the Bible who were in the middle. Uh, the Israelites were in the middle of the desert for 40 years, yet God provided them with daily bread, and he, he even gave them a path through the middle of the Red Sea. Joseph, he was in the middle of family dispute. He was in the middle of a pit, in the middle of a famine, and eventually in the middle of jail. Yet the Bible tells us that the Lord gave him great favor and the Lord was with him. Noah was in the middle of a flood. Daniel was in the middle of a lion's den. Uh, and God closed the mouth of the lions and gave Daniel life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found themselves in the middle of a fiery furnace, one that the king had even ordered to be seven times hotter than the original heat. And scripture says, um, that God joined them in that fire and gave them deliverance. Uh, disciples, they were also in the, in, often in the middle of situations. Um, how would you like to feed 500 hungry, hungry people uh, in the middle of a countryside? Mm. And uh, as we see the church scattered in Acts, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch was in the middle of his journey, in the middle of nowhere, when God allowed Philip to... Uh, find him and share scripture with him and the meaning of God's word. Saul, uh, we know the dramatic uh, change that occurred to him in the middle of his journey to Damascus. And then Peter was in jail in uh, Acts chapter 12, chained in the middle of two guards, yet an angel appeared and gave him rescue. Uh, Paul and Silas, uh, last example, after being flogged and thrown into prison, uh, they were having a praise session in the middle of the night at midnight, and God delivered them from their enemies. So I would say that God definitely abides with us 
through the middle and when we're caught in the middle of circumstances. Uh, I love Psalm 139.5. The writer speaks of God and says, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Or another translation says you go before me and follow me. And I just love that thought of God hemming us in. Uh, Mark Patterson, pastor and author, describes this verse as sort of like God having parentheses around us. He just has us surrounded and he hovers about us at all times. And I love that picture uh, of God hemming us in, going before us, behind us, right there with us when we're in the middle. Yeah, as you were talking through some of those different biblical characters and kind of walking through there, it's it's amazing how many times you think about God's people are in between um, God giving a promise and the fulfillment of that promise, and that there's often that waiting um, where we're in the middle of a, of a time of waiting, waiting to be delivered. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking of David, who even uh, was promised. He was even uh, anointed as king. But then he had to wait for years. That that fulfillment didn't come for him, and uh, and he still honored God as he was waiting um, during that that difficult period in his life. And mm-hmm. it just seems like that's a that's a, that common theme that we are living in between uh, that promise and the fulfillment, and and how we act in those times matters, and that we can continue, uh, and that we can continue to be people who can honor God um, when we are still waiting for God uh, to fulfill His promises. And speaking of David, um, you know, a number of our guests on the podcast have uh, talked about psalms, and I think particularly during this time, psalms have been meaningful for us. Um, And I've been asking folks uh, what passages of Scripture they found particularly meaningful during this time. Is there Are there any other passages that you found particularly meaningful? Yes, there's one that I claim that for many, many years I have— and and shared with people when they were going through difficult times. And it's uh, Psalm 40 and uh, verse 1 through 3 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. And I'm just claiming that right now. Um, I, I think it has three points to us to do it that uh, could be true for all of us. One, we've got to wait patiently. Uh, God hears us, but we must wait patiently. And two, we must stand firm. Uh, he will put our feet on a rock and give us a firm place to stand. And then I think very, very important through all of this is uh, number three, we must put a song in our mouth and we must worship. Um, you know, we can be overcome and overwhelmed by the anxiety, but uh, we cannot and should not forget to worship during this time. Uh, again, Mark Batterson, a quote from his book, In a Pit with a Line on a Snowy Day, uh, said it this way. The circumstances you complain about become chains that imprison you and worship is the way out. Worship reframes our problems and refocuses our lives and helps us get through the bad days by reminding us how good God is. So during these times, we can choose to complain or we can choose to worship. And so many days I find myself singing 
um, either out loud or just within my heart, favorite songs, favorite praise songs for favorite hymns. Uh, I think of songs like In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. And then uh, Lord of Hosts, the song that comes from Psalm 46. Uh, Lord of Hosts, you're with us, with us in the fire, with us as a shelter, and with us in the storm. And then I love listening to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir as they sing Psalm 34. Our own Washita Choir has uh, sung this and led us in worship this year with this same psalm. And the words are, glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt his name forever. And taste and see that the Lord is good. He'll give you everything. He'll give you everything. And then I've enjoyed listening to several different versions on uh, YouTube or Facebook of the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And there are just some beautiful versions out there that uh, if you listen to one a day, uh, you can worship um, that it's well with our souls. And then I, I guess I'll close with my favorite of old time hymn uh, is Blessed Assurance. And it's um, the closing lines to that are, this is my story and this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Blessed Assurance is actually uh, one of the songs that we uh, have on the background music uh, for this podcast that I've been playing a little bit. So we may may, uh, play that right after this. Well, thank you so much for taking time to share with us what's been on your heart and how God's been encouraging you. And uh, we appreciate you being with us today. Well, thank you very much, James, for uh, visiting with me and, and allowing me to share with the students and I guess I'll just say to them, always uh, remember that at Washtenaw, we love you. We're praying for you. We're thinking of you. Uh, You're very important to us. And so I pray God's blessings on you um, during this time, during this time of being in the middle. And uh, I pray that God will strengthen and teach you and me daily. Keep singing. This is my story. This is my song. And now we've got a second guest joining us this week, Dr. Wesley Cluck, who serves as Vice President for Student Development and as our university physician. This has certainly been a busy few weeks as your worlds of medicine and student life have uh, collided, so I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Sure, happy to be here. Well, I think uh, before we uh, talk maybe some about the medical uh, aspects of the virus, one pressing question that uh, a lot of students may have, since you're you're really well known for going around the, being around the student center and uh, giving everyone Lindor chocolates, and so you're probably one of Lindor's best customers. So I didn't know if you had any update in terms of the uh, supply chain for Lindor chocolates. How's your stock going? Well, first I was I was really hoping that by this time Lindor would have named a chocolate after me, but they haven't done so. Uh, but I, on my as far as my personal stash, I do an inventory every day, and uh, I've been seeing. I actually have a camera in my office. I've been seeing uh, Dean Rogers sneaking in every day, and and I'm down to a very small amount of Lindor's. My my stash is down to about ten uh, Lindor truffles total now, so uh, I'm gonna have to restock pretty soon. I've been trying to think about maybe just having my staff weigh in and weigh out every day to see who's eating the most. 
But right now, it's, it's Dean Rogers seems to be in the lead. Do you have a favorite flavor among those? I always tell everyone my favorite one is is the round one. <laughs> uh, those are always the best. The round ones are the best. Actually, uh, if you had to really pick a flavor, I like the sea salt ones, particularly the milk chocolate sea salt, but the dark chocolate caramel sea salt is also pretty tasty. Yeah, those are good. And I, there's like a coffee or espresso flavored one that I think I've really yeah. liked. Here's a cappuccino. Nice. Uh, it's, it's a it's a favorite. I have to buy more and more every time I buy. I have to buy more and more cappuccinos to keep all the coffee lovers happy. Yep. Well, on a more serious side, um, you know, within the last week that we've heard more about CDC guidelines and they've now recommended people wearing masks when they go out in public. I wondered from your uh, medical perspective, it seems like doctors and researchers are learning more about the virus every day, every week about how it spreads. Was there anything uh, that you could share with us in terms of what are some of the latest updates in terms of, of, of what we've learned about the virus? Sure. The, of course, uh, a new virus always uh, is hard to follow because the data you have is all from just the past few days or weeks. And we have initially had to base our data on China. Then we had to base it on Italy and other countries in Europe. And now we're actually getting enough data in the United States to kind of see how that virus is acting in our culture and our country. So certainly the, the change of the, the face mask wearing, uh, at least the option of wearing that was new. And uh, initially they, people always say, well, there's no need to wear a face mask unless you're sick. And because uh, the face mask doesn't really protect you. If someone coughs, it's not all landing on the face mask. It could get in your eyes or your you know, nose or whatever. So it doesn't really protect you from catching things from other people. But if you're sick and you cough into the face mask itself, well, then that traps most of those uh, water particles with the virus in it and keeps you from spreading to other people. They now are saying that, you know, anywhere from 25 to 50% of people in the United States who have uh, coronavirus actually have zero symptoms and they don't even know they have it. So because of that recommendation uh, or that finding that that many people can be totally asymptomatic and don't even know they have it, then there's they thought that perhaps people were spreading it to other people uh, who didn't even know they were sick. So the recommendation for everyone to wear a face mask uh, is to help cover the mouths of people who are totally asymptomatic but who might be actually having the virus in them and uh, spreading that virus through their uh, talking or coughing or sneezing. So that's kind of a new thing that, that's come up lately. Uh, I, every time I go places I, uh, where there's other people, I wear, have a mask in my car, I put it on and wear it in my office or in my house. Obviously, it's not that big of a deal because uh, I'm not around other, any people other than my wife. But if you go to Walmart or Kroger or uh, anywhere like that, then it's probably good to wear that to protect really the other people who you might be in contact with uh, and the chance that you may actually have the virus may not know it. The other thing is the development of a test, or hopefully they said by the end of April, that could detect if you actually had developed antibodies to the coronavirus, and that would be a blood test. The actual seeing if you have the virus is a nasal swab, much like the flu swab, they uh, to see if they can find actually parts of the virus in your nose and they test it and see if you have an active infection. But the antibody would be something your body has developed 
if it's been exposed and infected by the coronavirus, well, then your body has built up its own defense system and makes has antibodies in the blood. So the, the next test, which I think will really make the biggest difference, is people can get a little blood sample and find out if they actually have antibodies to the COVID-19. And if so, then they know they've achieved at least temporary, if maybe even long-term, immunity to getting it again. So that, what does that mean? Well, that means is uh, if, say, a 1,000 people get checked and people who never were sick show they have antibodies, that means that that virus was spreading among people and hmm. was not even causing any problems, which is actually a good thing because then more and more people actually have immunity to it. So if it ever came back around, less people would be affected by it. So that's, those are the two new things on the horizon, the mass right now, and hopefully by the end of this month, the availability of an antibody test for people to get to see if they actually have immunity to it. Well, that's uh, helpful information. Well, I know students appreciate you and your staff uh, as a resource, as people who really have students' health as a top priority. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share with Washita students who might be listening? Well, certainly, as people go home, they may or may not have a local physician they use, or they may or not may not be able to actually access the physician. Many offices not seeing very many people because number one, they don't want people who are sick to come in there who might spread it to other people, uh, the, the, particularly the coronavirus, and then. Other people don't want to go to the doctor's office because they're afraid they might get exposed to someone with the coronavirus. Uh, personally, in my clinic here in Arkadelphia, the one not at Warstall, but one over there by the hospital, we're down about 75% of our normal visits a day because people just don't want to come in. So students may have that same uh, difficulty in finding a physician, so feel free to uh, contact Nurse Molly or myself. We're both here and available to do phone calls or uh, Zoom calls and talk to you about your symptoms, and I can even prescribe medicine if needed. Also, uh, there's many students who get recurrent prescriptions refilled from us, and we have that ability to keep doing that. And uh, I know several have already called, and we've been refilling prescriptions of medicines they take on a routine basis. So uh, call me, call Nurse Molly if you have an issue or a question, and we'll be happy to help you out. All right. Well, thanks so much, and uh, appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. Absolutely, James, and I hope that uh, everyone stays safe. Um, I'm doing a, I'm still doing my Wednesday night Bible study, and we're having another session tonight, and it's talking about, you know, God's in control even in th- when things are not going as what we think the way they should go. So I urge people to to keep their faith and know that God. God knows what's going to happen. He's in control, and he's there to protect us and guide us and help us through the situations such as this. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Chapel Podcast. We also appreciate our guests this week, Sue Schultz and Wesley Cluck, as well as Noah James for permission to use his music on the podcast, and the Rogers Department of Communication for the use of their studio. And now to close us out, I've brought along a couple guests. That's all for this week's episode of the Chapel Podcast. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and we'll be back again next week.